Okay, let's begin yesterday's daf was daf Tezayin number 16, today's number Yud Zayin number 17. We're going to do a review of yesterday's daf, get to today's. We have in mind that our learning should be schus for Shalema, for Yitzchak ben Rezal, for Adas Basronia, for Amy Basvora, for Michal Biv Bas Yudis, for Sar Bas Yochevet. Anyone else has someone, we'll have them in mind as well. And with that, let's get right to the review. So we're starting our review. Uh, almost halfway down the page on Daf Tezayin Amud Aleph at Rabbi Yirmiya's question. So first he introduces an interesting halacha that comes from the Gemara in uh, Shabbos. It's, uh, there were these 18 enactments that were established by Beisham and Bishilal that are binding, even though Beisham somehow had the majority. One of those 18 was an interesting one which is uh, apparently there was a big issue because people used to go to a, the Gosher Mikvah and it stunk badly because it was like a, in a cave, something it was like whatever. Stagnant. I don't know whether it was stagnant water or was because it was, it was, it was sulfur. Who knows? Whatever. But it was natural spring, natural bodies of water that smelled bad. People mm-hmm. used to go there and then right away run in the shower. And then people started thinking, it's like, what's really making you tar? Is it the stinky water? Is it the shower afterwards or the bath afterwards? So therefore, in order to, um, they, they'll just skip the first step, go straight to the shower, and call it a day. But it's not kosher. You have to be in the mikvah. <coughs> so therefore, they said that if you go into a drawn water bath or pour nine ka, um, um, uh, three lug of drawn water over your body, so then you'll become tummy. So Rabbi Yirmiya says, well, what if it's half and half? Meaning, I went into a bath of, 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 uh, of drawn water for only half my body. I didn't completely immerse. And I did the uh, other thing as well. And I went into, I poured um, uh, three lug of, of water on part of my body. So it's half and half. Do they combine to make you tame, uh, this rabbinic tuma, or not? And we remain with the taker. We don't have an answer. Rapapa had a similar question as well, we know the halacha is that uh, Ezra may, was masaknad, a person who has a bodily uh, seminal emission. So he, that's a, what we call in Hebrew, a balkari. Mm. Um, so he needs to go to a mikvah if he wants to learn Torah. So there is a special leniency that they added on that if he pours nine kav of water on his body, mm-hmm. then uh, then if he's not a healthy, meaning it's hard for him to go to the mikvah, then that's good enough also to allow him to learn Torah. And the question is, what if he did half his body in the mikvah and half his body had the nine kav water on it? Does that work or not? And again, we remain with the teko. So this is really the, the string of questions with the half and half, do these two things, two concepts combined. mixed together or not combined? That's the that was the that was the last of the shilas. No, Brings us right, yes. Correct. The takana of Ezra, um, the Gemara came out already that uh, it was a great idea when it happened, but uh, you know then people just said, okay, so I won't learn Torah. All right, that's is fine. Your and they didn't mm-hmm. feel the need anymore, so you get they lost it. Uh, what? Right, so I, I, that's an excellent question. How did it sort of uh, fall no off? Way. Right, I mean, uh, it's usually something like this is pretty binding, but uh, the conclusion of the Gemara, at least, was that uh, um, is that Divrei Torah is not Mechabal Tumah. Right. Um, and um, although the reason is still, again, there are many Jews, very a lot of Jews that still try to keep, uh, adhere to this minhag, 
but uh, but the general accepted opinion is that it's not binding. You're allowed yeah, to learn Torah even without it. Go, for that purpose, exactly, to, for the Takana Sesra. So and they're the, keeping it. There's a concept that shouldn't cause the Tzibor pain, right? Right. So what is, how does this rabbi make a covenant <coughs> that you can't rinse off the stinky water from the mikvah? In other words, isn't that unnecessary Tzibor? <coughs> They have to go through okay, the you got to, uh, here's the thing, you got to weigh in general. Whenever you're doing takanas, you have to really do a serious weighing of things. If people are skipping to go to the mikvah, so then they're actually impure. That's a big problem. So, um, and that's what was going on. So you just have to recognize where the need is. So, uh, what, you know what people did? People started improving their mikvahs and they started making their mikvahs not so smelly. That's what they did. That's exactly, and uh, again, there's a, a remnant of this this very day that actually it's not appropriate. A lot of people automatically do that. They just, you know, they go to the mikvah, and they, you know, it smells like chlorine, so they want to wash it off afterwards. It's not, there's an idea not to do that as a, as a... It was a yesterday. Yeah, right. Not do, it wasn't a... Right, it's not a... What? What's the name of the, of the cold the mikvah? Uh, the Arizal's mikvah. Uh, the mikvah. Uh, the Right. It just seems ironic we're talking about tumma from using. Right, it's usually the opposite. Right, exactly, exactly. It's not. It was. It was the only way to get people to um, not do it. So, like, you just sort of. And then stuck even though after we were out of caves. I mean, caves was a relatively short period of time, wasn't it? Mikvahs in caves was it? I don't know how long it was. I don't know. That's a good question. But anyway, they figured out whatever. You know, they they didn't bother with. Making better mikvahs, they just they, they, that's why that's why they so then so that's the next thing you know so you guess what they stopped using the cave mikvahs they made kosher mikvahs that were uh, not so smelly and that's it that's what they did you know what I'm saying that was their solution all right brings us to the new topic okay so we're talking about in the Mishnah one person says the other one says add the two together we got our information it's still not good. So uh, comes along Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, very interesting Kiddush. He says, you want to know why it's not good? It's because only one of them is bringing the get. But if two, both of them are bringing the get, and one says B'fanen and the other one says B'fanen it's actually perfectly fine, and it's not an issue at all. Now, the secret is, is that there's nothing to do with them saying B'fanen one saying B'fanen and the other one saying B'fanen It's because when two people are bringing a get, then you don't need to say it all together. So that it, really, they would have to actually... You say whatever you want. Right, you could, you could, you could say... Be quiet. You could be quiet too. So that's, the, that's basically the, the interesting thing about that. But anyway, when two people are bringing it, there's no, there's no reason. So Abayi says if that's true, so the next case, where two people say befaneinu nechtav, and one person says befanei nechtam, where the Tanakam and the Chacham say it's possible, but Rabbi Yudha says it's kosher. So the only reason why the rabbis are saying it's possible is because the get is not coming from the two of them. But if the get is coming from the two of them, so then the rabbis would also say it's kosher. So he says, yep, that's exactly true. That is correct. And uh, when the get is not coming from the both of them, what is the machlokas between the Chachamim and Rebutah? The Machlokas is, do we make a gzera 
that it's going to be machlef with Kim uh, Shtaris in general, uh, with, that the people will be matter Kim Shtaris be'edachad, or not. One says we do make the gzera, and that's why the two-in-one doesn't work. And uh, Rav Yudah says we don't make that gzera, and it's fine. This is all version A of Rav Yishmol in the name of Rav Yudah, this is version B, that has basically the exact opposite statement. That the that Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda said name Rabbi Yochanan, this is true that when one person says Befani Nechtav, in front of me it was written. The other one says Befani Nechtam, in front of me it was signed, um, and they're both carrying the get. It's still possible. Okay, so that, what does that mean? When two people carry a get, it doesn't help you nothing. Okay, and you still have to both say Befani Nechtav, Befani Nechtam in order to be Befani Nechtam in order to be acceptable. Which basically comes out that uh, when two people are bringing get mibdinasiyam, they still need to say and that hasn't happened. Okay, so Abayi says, well, if that's true, so then uh, what about the sefer? The sefer where two people said and one person says we said that it's puzzle, and Rebuta says it's kosher. Is that and that basically comes out that they're saying it's puzzle even if it's the two of them bringing the get. Um, and he says, yeah, that is correct. And the question is, is that what's the machlokas between the Chachamim and Rabbi Yudah? The Tanakam is saying that, uh, uh, actually, yeah, the Tanakam is saying the reason why it's no good is because it's in Bikin Lishma. And, and it's not going to help that it's two people bringing it. Um, it's still, um, you know, that we need, uh, we need to, to say, two people still have to say, and uh, Rabbi Yudah has no problem because he says that the whole thing is Kim, has to do with Kim. And there's no issue. Okay, so that's the shita. Once two people bring it, you don't need a kim. Um, that's the way Rabbi Yehuda holds. So that comes out that uh, this uh, old machlokas of what is the reason for for Nechtav and Nechtam, like Rabba, which is that it's a Mekinlishma, or like Rabba, that it's because Eidim and Tzuyin Lekaimo, is machlokas Tanam, perhaps, according to the second version. So the says, no, Rabba will tell you that um, the verse version is correct, uh, which is that when two people bring it, there is no issue, okay? Um, and, and according to anybody. And Rabbi will tell you that uh, really everybody agrees that you need Lishma. Even the even Rabbi, even Rabbi Yudha requires Lishma. And it was talking about a scenario after they learned, and the question is, do we make the Gzera of Yachzer double Kilkulo or not? Rabbi uh, Yudha is not worried about that. Uh, now that they're learning, so there is no issue, and he did not worry that maybe it'll go back or you know things will turn south. And the uh, Tanakama is uh, is worried about it, and that's the that's the two sides, and that's the explanation. So the question is, why does Rabbi Yudha only wake up in the case where two people say and one person says why did he only argue over there and say it's kosher? He should have said that when two people bringing it, and one guy says and the other one says they also he should have said that since it's two people bringing it, it's kosher. That's what he should have said. So the Gemara says, guess what? That's what Ulu tells us. That uh, Rebut is also arguing in the case where one says and the other one says and the reason is because once two people bring it, really there's no issue. It's only issue is Kim Star, and you got two people bring it, there's no issue at all. Okay. Fred, the Gemara Rav Oshi asked the question, I reviewed this, which is basically saying that Rebuda is not muttering one of the other cases. So which one is he not muttering? That's the case of where one says, and one says, which we're explaining is talking about where it's being brought by both of them. So it's two people bringing the get. 
So the Gemara says, no, it's not excluding that one. He's excluding the case of I never saw the Siva altogether. You might think that once Rabbi Yud is already not making there that things are going to go back south again, let's say like, like Rabbi's version, that we're not worried that people are going to forget about the Bikiyam Lishma. Uh, there are Bakil Lishma now, and they're not going to forget it. But uh, maybe you should also not worry about being machlif with Kim Shtaris in general. Uh, with that they'll matter that with the Neidacha. So maybe we wouldn't make that Xeri either, Kamashman, that that Xeri still is worried about. And that's why when there's only a Bafanai Nechtav without, um, I mean, only a Bafanai Nechtam without a Bafanai Nechtav, um, it's still not going to be good um, because we're worried about uh, Kim Shtaris in general. Okay. And we saw also support to that because Review this says that when two people are bringing a game, they're going to say, yeah. So Machlok is Rabbi Yudah and the Rabbanon. Basically, because two people, according to Rabbi Yudah, is never an issue, and the Rabbanon say it's still an issue. Now, we have here an interesting story that we ended off with, which is Rabbi Bar Chana. He was ill. Um, and Rabbi Yudah and the Rabbanon came to visit him. And they asked him the Shiloh, what if two people bring the get Medina Siyam? Do they have to say, or don't they? And he said, they do not. Um, and his bray is, is that if these two people would tell us that she's divorced, we'll just accept what they're saying. So we believe them already. What happened was, is that right afterwards, the, uh, the uh, Zoroastrianism, Astrian priest, came and grabbed the fire, and they were in the dark, and they were left in the dark. And he says, man, this exile is the pit. Hashem, okay. <laughs> he says, either we're under your shadow, or the shadow of the sons of Asa, but I can't handle this kind of exile. These people are too harsh on us. We keep taking our, our lights. It's like, uh, it's not good. What's the connection to that? Why did they the story again? Well, the question that was asked was our discussion. What's his tzakalocha? That's the real reason. Once we mentioned that it came up as uh, how bad the exile was for in Persia. The problem is, is that you're saying that the Romans are better than the Persians, but the Gemara says that uh, that when we were exiled to Buffalo, that was the, uh, a kindness from God because they didn't really they let us leave live our lives. They you know they gave us our own autonomy. It was a there was a it was an easier exile. And he says, yeah, that's true. Buffalo was like that, but not uh, not not. But when Buffalo was taken over by the Persians, then it was worse than uh, Aesop is nothing. It's no great shakes. We're not saying that it's great to live under. The Roman rule, but it's a little, they're a little more reasonable, even though they also make decrees against the Jews, a little more reasonable than the Zoroastrians that are totally yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to Mashiach and the Pavel, they were much, you know, it was much, it was much better, better life in exile. Okay, we're comparing our exiles, none of them are too sweet anyway, but uh, we'll stop with that. Okay.